Thank you so much for joining me today on the No BS Well Tribe podcast where we discuss hormone health and many other wellness topics important to women headed towards empty nest and retirement. My name is Jure Pearson. I'm a life transformation coach and strategist. I work with women interested in massive self-expansion. If you feel that you physically or emotionally could be more well, you're in the right place. Welcome, Well Tribe. Let's begin. Hello, and welcome to episode two of the No BS Well Tribe podcast. Um, I'm really excited about today's topic because we're going to talk about how we screw ourselves out of peace and happiness. So um, our ultimate goal with any wellness practice is to take continual steps towards being the best version of ourselves. Um, At least that's what I believe. We expand ourselves through learning more about who we are and how to share that with others through healthy relationships, hopefully. But really, wellness is an effort to ultimately increase peace and happiness, I think, internally and throughout the universe. So today's episode, we're going to take a closer look at some of the ways that we can actually sabotage those efforts in our life and actually keep ourselves from accomplishing those means. So there's a lot of things that I've learned over the years that have made me the happy person that I am today and sort of fulfilled my life in all the ways that were right for me personally. So we're all different. We all have our own, you know, passions and loves and beliefs about things and whatever. But as women, we often forget about those or we lose track of of the things that really fire us up and really make us, you know, want to get up in the morning and all of those things. And so I'm going to get into some of that stuff today. Um, also, so a lot of these topics kind of run together. So I'm going to do my best to kind of explain each one individually as well as stick to, you know, the time allotment for today. But prepping this podcast, there were just so many things that I wanted to talk about. So I may not be able to cover it all today. It may turn into two episodes. I'm not sure, but we'll see. I'll do my best. Um, The first one that I want to talk about, we get too comfortable being victims. So what do we mean when we talk about being a victim? We generally, when we're a victim, we believe that we're powerless. And that's the underlying um, feeling that creates that dynamic. We think that there's just these things that happen to us that we can't control. So we use those things to justify the chaos within our lives. We can say, oh, you know... Uh, I lost my job and it's been horrible so I've been really depressed and you know on and on and on but if we don't actually address what causes you know that you you lose your job is does that mean that you are forever going to be jobless no it means that you have to do something to take action to create to create a different situation so that that isn't affecting you anymore but we can get kind of comfortable just thinking that happened to us, this is just how it is, you know, move past it, just go forward without actually addressing the situation. So when we do this, we just don't have any reason to change the situation. If we can find a reason to justify it and to say, you know, this was something that I talked about in episode one last week was in my personal life, In my 20s, I really started feeling sorry for myself about a lot of things that I'd gone through in my life. And I convinced myself that that was the reason that all of these negative things were happening to me. And those 
were in the past. Those were no longer affecting me, you know, other than internally. And I was projecting that and creating situations that were in turn uh, causing a lot of pain and things in my life and be in the relationships that I was having. So, you know, I've seen... I've seen people go through counseling over for the same topics for years and years and years in their, their life. You know, they're still talking about something that happened to them in their early years or uh, one thing that sort of shifted for them. And they're spending years and years just, you know, kind of digging that back up and digging that back up. And while I believe, you know, I know for a fact that we have to address our emotions before we can move past those, what good is it doing us to spend years just digging it up and just you know making this our story repeatedly it doesn't give us any strength to go past that so just I think that if we can just sort of acknowledge the dialogue that we're telling ourselves about our past and about how that's affecting us today we can get past those things a lot faster and move through them and really create some massive change Um, the second thing is we women by nature are caregivers and people pleasers but that can become over time what defines us is caregiving really what makes us who we are i don't think so caregiving is something we do not something that we are so we are not caregivers as an identity we are more than that we that doesn't encapsulate who we are that's something that we do for the people that we love out of the kindness of our hearts but that's not who we are who we are it's all the things that go underneath that who we are is the, you know, the the passionate person underneath that that wants to help people in other ways than what we currently are doing, right? So we're taking care of our family and we're taking care of all of these things. But a lot of us have deeper needs than that. You know, that's why you see so many women in their later years having their kids and then becoming nurses or going into something that has more meaning for them than just the family. You know, that's, that is being true to yourself that is finding the things that are going to make you you know when you're an empty nester and you're um later on in life or whatever what's going to keep you going what's going to what's going to make you give back your zone of genius to the to society you know so people pleasing you know has its place we are you know we're here to make the world a better place and we're here to help each other out and all of that But we also have to stay true to ourselves. So when I was younger, I I, I touched on this briefly maybe in um, episode one, but when I was in my 20s and I was pregnant with my first child, so I was about 26 years old, my grandma passed away and I ended up moving in with her husband to take care of him. At the same time, I took on helping my aunt. My grandma was really a center. She was definitely the maternal, or um, sorry, matriarch of the family who everybody turned to for a lot of support she was essentially the people pleaser to the max and the caregiver to the max and so she had set up a lot of dynamics with the people in our family where they were very reliant on her so because I am also an empath and you know tend to take on too much in my life I uh, decided I was going to move in with her husband when she passed away and help him take care of some things. And then I also, my aunt at the same time, was really struggling, so I took on some of her 
you know, financial obligations and took care of some of her finance stuff for her. And then my mother was also ill around uh, shortly after that. So she moved in with me for about four years where I kind of took care of her. And then my biological father, who I didn't really know, um, was getting out of prison in another state and had nowhere to go. So he ended up moving in with me. So I spent a lot of years just giving, 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 giving. And then I got to a point where I had two little tiny kids and I was in my early 30s and I was going, why the hell is nobody here for me? You know, I had nobody. We, Tim and I literally spent over two years um, having, I believe, maybe two to three nights to ourselves or, or we did have like a, a weekend here and there where his parents would take them um, but only two or three times where we actually got that time so for years and we had family pretty close by we had all this stuff but what I had done was I had set up this dynamic where people didn't think that I needed them they looked at me as the person who was doing the caretaking so um, you know I didn't know what to do with that I was um, really in a bad place at that time so I didn't see it, of course, at the time. I definitely did not see it at the time that that's what was happening. I just felt very sorry for myself. So it was, you know, that was sort of the beginning of my wellness before I had really started any of the wellness or any of the mindset shifting or any of the work that I did. And it was definitely a realization for me. I had to wake up to a lot of the things that I had done and you know without setting boundaries and taking on too much all the time and just always kind of letting people um you know I don't want to say take advantage for me it take advantage of me but really that's sort of what was going on you know people knew that I was always going to be there and I was going to drop everything and I was going to take care of them and yeah it took a long time for me to get through that so we definitely need to and I'll, I'll probably bring up you know setting boundaries multiple times because it's something that's so overlooked with women women are so afraid to speak up and and set these set boundaries with people and just say no to things that um it causes so much stress I see it all the time with people that it's they're almost afraid to say no to people because they think that 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 person's going to judge them as being selfish or being um for me it's definitely was a selfish I always thought that it I was being selfish if I said no to something or I didn't take take it on so it's definitely something I don't want you guys to go through anymore I'm sure you probably already have somewhat in your lives but we need to stop doing that stop being such people pleasers that we're forgetting who we are and losing our own identities there's another thing that happens within relationships there's underlying emotional traits that draw us to each other it's not always obvious you know they say like attracts like which is true in relationships in some regards meaning if you know that somebody has the similar hobbies as you or you know you know they go to the same church as you or any of those things it will draw you to them initially but what draws you even deeper is the underlying emotional personality traits because relationships come together when you're getting a feeling from somebody so opposites however in the underlying stuff uh, like the underlying, the really core personality traits, opposites tend to attract. So if you tend to be, you know, for example, we'll go back to the victim role. If you tend to be somebody who needs a lot of help in your life, 
you're going to attract somebody who wants to give you a lot of help because they're trying to fill some sort of void in their life and by helping you it makes them feel good just like them helping you makes you feel good so you get something from that um so is is it possible maybe that you're just attracting people to your life because of a polarity that you may have in your own personality traits. So if you're not really center and you're really shifting one way, like you're, you know, everybody, you know, everybody has a little bit of victim role in there. Of course, you know, we all are aware of the things that happen to us that aren't really fair in life and, and we don't like that. And so, you know, but that's okay. But it's when you go to the extreme and you start, you know, really seeing everything negatively and, and you are constantly going back to the negative things that have happened to you in your life and not getting past that. That's when you really start attracting the polar opposite of that. So that's when you see somebody who, you know, becomes a, abused in their relationships because they want somebody to take care of them somebody a man typically who needs to take care of somebody like that is trying to fill some sort of a void within himself and we know that anytime somebody has big voids like that there's usually underlying things that are going to be negative within them so a man might come in who is has very low self-esteem and wants and the feeling that he's getting from helping this woman is he doesn't feel he feels good about himself he feels like he's has a purpose now so they're polar opposites you've got one person who really feels un, um, unable to change her situation she's sort of stuck she really feels like she needs the attention um, and to be taken care of he comes in he is that person for her but he also has all of these underlying voids and he learns that she is the perfect victim she is somebody who isn't going to take steps to change the situation if he's not treating her right occasionally or whatever and it starts to snowball so that's why you know we to people who are healthy it might make no sense at all to see somebody in an abusive relationship but it didn't happen overnight. That's something that their dynamic, you know, ha their dynamic happened. You know, both people let it happen. Both people made that happen. And it's not anybody's fault. I'm not blaming, you know, I'm definitely not blaming somebody who's abused for being abused. I'm just saying that if, if we weren't in if we weren't in that mindset at the time that we went into a relationship or, the, or throughout a relationship and we weren't thinking that we didn't have power we didn't have that things just happened to us in our life that's how we let those things happen over time so um let's see here um we could also there's also another example i'll use for this um in friendships a lot of times you know like i said it's we get a feeling from different people and the things that they do for us but say that you're stuck in that same victim role and you're attracting to somebody or, or you're uh attracting a friend to you who wants to help you in that scenario you could end up in a situation where you're wondering like why the hell are they up in my business all the time like why is this person why can't they just mind their own business why are they constantly trying to fix everything with me and why are they always giving me advice that I don't want and why are they telling me all that you know like just butt out well that if you're you know that's another thing that can be changed by putting up some boundaries and changing your mindset a little bit 
um, that person may have seeked you out because they feel like you are that living a chaotic life and maybe you need guidance in some way or whatever and that's another dynamic so these are all things that over time we can we can work on and we can fix so um let's see here where i got on my notes all right so the third one our internal dialogue is lying to us so Everything that we think about ourselves has been formed over many, many years and is largely based on our perceptions of how other people see us. So I'm going to repeat that. Everything we think about ourselves has been formed over many, many years and is largely based on our perceptions of how other people see us. What that means is we're taking in over years all of this all these opinions, I guess, one after another, different people who maybe don't even really make a, a large comment. They, it's just some flippant, flippant thing that they say that we internalize. So we internalize it and we're, we tell ourselves, oh, well, we, I'm not on track because this person, you know, said X, Y, Z. And so maybe I need to reevaluate how I'm living my life or the situation or the decisions I'm making or whatever. And we second guess ourselves. And we repeat this, these negative things about ourselves over and over again. So many times that it becomes who we actually think we are. It becomes more than a thought. It becomes a fact within our own opinions. So it went from being something that somebody mentioned to us one time and then years later it becomes we are positive that this is a fact about us. And we, it's subconscious. It's not something that we even know that we're doing. It's an internal dialogue. It's just something we tell ourselves about what we're capable of and not capable of and all of those really super important things that make all of our decisions in our life. So we have to be able to, throughout our life, you know, realize what our internal dialogue is telling us and then trace that back to possibly where that may have came from. Because as soon as you do that, it liberates you. So as soon as you acknowledge it, it it's like a light bulb goes off and it frees you and you can just let go of it. So I encourage everybody to, whenever you're struggling because you think that... You, you know, maybe you don't want to do something because it's scary or it's a leap of faith or, you know, you might want to, you're considering making a change in something and you just say, no, that's not right for me. You know, in entrepreneurship, that's a, that was a big thing for me. I had to really, you know, take this huge leap of faith, even though I knew that the majority of the people around me were against it and they didn't, you know, they didn't see my vision. They didn't, um, necessarily think that what I was doing was possible for me and instead of you know I could have just believed that but I was already far enough in my you know self-expansion game that I knew that it was bullshit I knew that I was more I was more capable of that I valued my own passions enough to say okay I you know I, I respect your opinion but I'm, you know, this is something that I have to do. 
I lost friends over that. I lost family members over it even. You wouldn't believe the things that happen when people are, um, you know, when people feel differently about situations than you do. But, you know, that's what makes us who we are. You know, that's, if I would have listened to the doubters and the naysayers, I wouldn't have been living my truth. I wouldn't have been following my passion. I would have been um, not following my path. And ultimately, I would be disappointing myself in the long run. I would be building up resentments towards people. I, you know, how, how could, I couldn't see a way to get through without following my passion, luckily. But that's not the case for most people. You know, there's um, definitely not the case for most people. It takes so much to to push through so much resistance. So um, we just have to really stop stop the negative thoughts about ourselves, stop the negative, the doubting, and just learn to have more faith in not only ourselves but the universe and uh, or God, and really get in touch you know really just you know we don't know what we're capable of until we do it because we've never gone there before so I always believed you know if I fail I fail but if I don't then how is that gonna feel freaking amazing right and to me that's worth it so you know just do your thing girl all right so the fourth one we don't recognize or honor our own feelings and needs. So granted, this goes back to some of the stuff we've already been talking about. But this, so this one's really big to me. This is something I really had to learn as well. When you don't recognize your own feelings, meaning, I mean, really, most women that I know don't even know what they want to be doing. You know, what what would make them happy in that moment? What will, you know, what would what are what are your hobbies? What are the things that really fire you up? What are the things that make you want to um make you want to just shout from the rooftops how amazing it is? A lot of you ask a woman that, what you know, what are you super passionate about more than, you know, what what just makes you makes your blood boil and makes you just so excited that you just can't stand it? That's right. It's crickets. That's what you hear. Nothing. It just goes dead silent. People don't know really what makes them passionate. You know, they'll say they'll go to things like my family makes me really happy. Well, no kidding. Your family makes you happy there. You know, but what makes what is yours? What is just your thing? What is your thing that makes you just, um, that can take, can take like the negativity out of your day? What if you went and did something right now, or if you could just take a couple hours or take a day or whatever to do anything that you wanted, what would that thing be? Or, you know, that's, that those are the questions that we really have to ask ourselves. And I had gotten to a point where I had no freaking clue. I didn't have any idea what, who I was, what I liked to do. I was just lit. I was getting up every day, doing the same things, you know, kind of just rolling with it, getting my kids up, getting my kids ready, going through, you know, doing my online college and making my meals for the family and then going to bed. And that's what I did every day. Life was literally happening to me. I 
didn't have control over it, or so I thought. It was just something that I lived. So that is what we want to avoid. Um, this also, so let me see here. How can I? So this is another thing. In order to really recognize what you're passionate about, what your passions are and whatever, you kind of have to do some work and go back and start getting ideas about things. Think about yourself when you were a kid, when you were young and innocent and the things that you did when you didn't have responsibilities and whatever and start there. You know, really go back and say, you know, when I was a kid, like me personally, when I was a kid, the things that I know that I love to do was I love to swim. I loved animals. I would, you know, I loved all different kinds of animals. We raised dogs and I was around horses a lot. I had family members that um, raised horses and so we did horse shows and, you know, there was things like that. And when I became an adult, I didn't, and, you know, when I was a kid also, like I said, we didn't have money so I didn't have things like a new bike or, you know, different, I didn't have snowshoes or skis or snowboard or you know things so it made learning hobbies really difficult also so when I was starting out I was literally kind of starting from scratch I didn't I got my first mountain bike when I was 35 years old I had never owned my own bike in my life until I was 35 years old when I was 30 about 33 34 um I wanted to take up fishing because fishing was something that was really relaxing and I remember when I was a kid um, that that was something I could kind of tune out the world and do with my my one you know my uncle or whoever was with me at the time and I really liked that so in my early 30s I said to my husband I really want to start fishing and his response was I hate fishing and I just was like well I think I'm going to go down and buy a tackle box and some, get my fishing license and stuff. And it's something that I kind of want to do. So I'm just kind of letting you know. And by the second or third time that I went fishing by myself, he decided he wanted all the tackle and he wanted to start doing it too. And ever since then, he's been, you know, going with me and even planning the trip sometimes. And, and it's become something that we both do. Um, but at that time, I could have just been done what I had done for years before that. And when he said, I hate fishing, I could have just said, oh, okay, and not done it. But instead, I said, no, I'll do it myself if I have to. You know, it's something that I feel will help expand me. So, um, but you know, sometimes that's what it takes to step outside your comfort zone, do something regardless of the resistance and try it out and learn if you love it or not. So, and I still love it. So it's something that I still do. Um, which I'm really, really grateful for. There's been a lot of those moments, actually, to be honest, in the last five years or so where, you know, I I bought a bike rack for my car. I just, you know, bought a different car that we could actually sleep in so that even in the wintertime, if we want to go camping and just go get a night out in nature, um, we can sleep inside of my car. There's been a lot of different um, things that I've done because I've been tuning more into my happiness and what really what really does it for me what really makes me happy um, a lot of times we rely on other people to sort of make our decisions for us so with Tim you know he was used to me relying on him to make some decisions so when I said 
I think I'm going to take up fishing. And he said, oh, I hate that. He was definitely expecting that I was going to drop the subject and not do that because that was how I had always been up until those few years um, when I started sort of changing my mindset and whatever. He definitely did not expect that I was going to go down and actually get my fishing license and do this stuff and go fishing by myself. But I did, you know. And so that you know then that was one of the ways that my marriage dynamics started shifting as well you know and so that you know that's a whole nother topic because my husband and I actually ended up getting divorced and going through some really hard stuff before we found our way back to each other so um you know I I had to just sort of you know face the resistance and say you know too fucking bad I'm doing it anyway and once I did that I got through the hump and sort of started finding my own way everything fell into place. Everything started coming to me. Of course, it took years, you know, it took years of up and downs and whatever. And I'm still going through all of that. You know, it's a life uh, journey. But um, I, you know, I, I definitely think that by making those decisions and by saying, you know, I respect your opinion, but I am going to do this anyway. It sets a whole different tone within your relationships and people start treating you better and respecting you more. And eventually it gives you a sense of peace and freedom so um, I kind of have to hurry up here we have one more to cover um, got about five more minutes left so another the last one we just don't take time for self-care you know that's one of the biggest things we're so busy and because we're caregivers and we have so much on our plates all the time and we don't we don't say no um, we do too many things for people uh, I, I really hear things that people say and I just realize the stress they're putting on themselves sometimes by the things that they take on. You know, if you're, you know, when you have kids that are old enough to be doing a lot of things by themselves, but you do it anyway, uh, things like that, you know, where you're in that regard keeping them from growth you know if we do everything for our kids and we make sure that we're there to wake them up in the morning and make them breakfast and we're there to make sure that they brush their teeth and they're 15 years old and you know all of these things we're not really teaching them anything we're holding them back from learning because as children they will naturally do what they're required to do as humans they'll just naturally do what they're required to do and if they're not required to do it um, oftentimes they won't learn they won't learn how to do that thing so um, we also within that same regard we we're not taking time for ourselves I mean for a lot of different reasons we don't take time for ourselves but um, if you when you do take time for yourself and you start like scheduling out like a little bit of time for yourself here and there and I would start I would definitely if you don't take any time for yourself right now I would start slow and you know just say you know once a month I'm gonna go get a massage or you know something and just start small and then adding in little things here and there uh, meditation is probably one of the first ones that I would do some sort of relaxation med either massage meditation floating you know something like that to sort of clear your mind is what I recommend doing first and foremost and the reason for that is because when we have time to ourselves it gives us room to think about the things that we really find interesting the things that we we love and uh, that's what makes us who we really are so when you know when we can think about it and we can come up with all of the different creative things 
that make us amazing human beings, it just leaves room for us to improve the lives of everyone around us. So really, if, we, if our intention is to be the ultimate caregiver and the ultimate nurturer, uh, we should be putting ourselves first. Because if we, if say we're not fulfilled, we're not happy, we're, we're sad, we're not really living the way we are, we are not setting our families up for success by being that way ourselves. There's all sorts of things we're going to be missing if we're living in the fog. We're not going to be hitting all of the I love yous and all the attaboys and, you know, making sure that they're waking up to a happy human every day. You know, there's there's things that are our responsibility to do as parents and taking care of ourselves comes first because we cannot take care of anybody else until we're taking care of our taken care of. You know, we have to be putting ourselves in check and, and, and continually doing that and looking at ourselves from the outside and how would my, someone who loves me, like my mother or somebody, how would they, what advice would they give me right now? How would they tell me that I should be taking care of myself and do those things? You know, if you have adult children or you have teenage children or whatever, then you can kind of relate to this where you get to, they get to an age where you start being concerned about their long-term happiness and you start kind of, you know, at least with me, you know, I'm a wellness coach, so I'm sure I take it to the extreme with all the talks about self-awareness and uh, self-esteem and all of the different things, but we have to take our own advice and we have to be the role model and we have to take care of ourselves so that they see that and say this is how a woman should take care of herself um i just see it time and time again where we think that you know our time is more valuable so we put in all of our time into taking care of everybody else around us without and feeling like if we take any of that time for ourselves, we're being selfish and not loving but that's not the case and you know I can tell you my family is so much more fulfilled with me in you know we have way tighter relationships now I'm really close to my kids you know they I I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that my kids can talk to me and they feel comfortable talking to me about things which is so important when your kids start getting older and it's because I have to shut off the noise and get into my own head frequently meditate pray you know do all of those things in order to keep myself at top notch, you know, so that I have the energy to give to them so that I have, you know, and as a wellness coach, you know, you would think because I am a giver, I'm constantly thinking about my clients, I'm constantly trying to be, be there for everybody and do what I can for everybody. But I am also very good at balancing it. I take my own time. I don't, I take naps and I don't feel guilty about them when I take a nap. I mean, hell, I get up at 4.30 in the morning and I bust ass most of the time. If if I need a siesta, so be it. I'm going to take a nap because that's going to recharge me. And it does. And you wouldn't even believe it. I'll stop my work day sometimes to take a nap and I'll lay down and I'll sleep for a little bit and I'll wake up and I'll have this amazing idea pop into my head and it fires me up and I come out here and I, um, you know, write a couple blogs or, you know, whatever. And uh, it, it happens all the time for me. So I know that when you just take a few few minutes or, you know, take some time, a few hours here and there and just 
shut your brain down a little bit or you know take a bath drink some wine just relax and shut off the the external noise that's when we grow the most and that's when we help the most so all right well i'm going to wrap up for today i think we did we covered some really good stuff and let me know how you uh felt about this one and if you want me to cover any of these things more in depth then definitely let me know um i started a there's a facebook a well tribe podcast facebook page now that you can go and find and then be sure to subscribe to the podcast itself so you get notified when i post new ones and then feel free to share this with any of your friends if you think that it might help them um, i think i'm going to get into doing some new nutrition stuff I wanted to cover what I felt was the most important in the first few. And so, of course, we're going to go into hormone health um, here next week. And um, I will keep you guys posted on any of the new stuff that I have going on. Everything's going amazing. So everything's good, good, good. And I just appreciate all of your support so much. So um, thank you guys so much. I just really can't. It's been uh, since I launched a few days ago, the amount of following I've got and the, you know, gone from my, from people that I know and people that I don't know has just been amazing. And so I, I'm just really, really thrilled with the feedback and everything. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And you guys have a great week and I'll talk to you soon.